This is the Oanda Market Insights podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts from across the world. And today, let's join Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. How are you doing? I'm very good, mate. How are you? Very well, thanks. The big headline of the day is the latest consumer prices index from the UK. Prices rising at their fastest rate for 40 years, obviously down to those higher energy bills, which has hit millions of households. Uh, the number is 9% in the 12 months to April, up from 7% in March. Was that the figure that was expected by the city? It was actually slightly lower, but I mean, the, the figure expected was 9.1%. Either way, it's a dreadful number. And what's more worrying is it's not just energy bills. The energy bills were a massive component of this jump, obviously, because of the rise in the price cap uh, from April. And there'll be another one in October, which is where we'll get into double digit territory in terms of inflation. The concerning thing is that it was broad-based. So you look at the core inflation data, that was 6.2% up from 5.7%. So we're not just talking about these one-off components which are having a massive impact. It's not just our household energy bills. It's the price for paying for fuel at the pump. It's what uh, Andrew Bailey, the governor of the Bank of England, alluded to yesterday with massive uh, increases in the price of food and, uh, and, other, um, and other things throughout the economy as well, which is giving us this very widespread, very high... Uh, inflation data that we're seeing right now so it's a massive concern and it's quite clear that the Bank of England is going to have to be a, a lot more active now over the coming months in order to try and get a grip uh, of this and bring it low now of course once we start to see the base effects fall out next year uh, we will see inflation falling uh, quite a bit but that doesn't help us at this point in time. And inflation is still going to remain high unless we see uh, interest rates rising much higher than where they are now. The markets are pricing at a 25 basis point rate hike at every meeting from now till the end of the year. And I can't help but feel at this point, like even that may now start to be a little bit optimistic because of the, the level of inflation that we are already seeing and just simply how widespread it is and how many factors are really feeding into this, whether that be, like say, the various inflation components that is making it up, but even things like you look at the labour market, which is extremely tight, the number of people that still haven't returned to the labour market since the pandemic and may not return and the impact that other things can have, the compounding impact that things can have, like Brexit, for example, being one of those that's been touted as reducing the labour force slightly and also creating these kind of uh, trade issues which could potentially be driving prices higher as well in on its own perhaps wouldn't have had that significant an impact but when it's compounding a big problem that the pandemic has created then all of a sudden you look at the uk and actually the uk is now really suffering especially in the western world the developed world is suffering among the worst uh, situations in terms of inflation and a cost of living crisis yeah, and that could be uh, a number of factors in addition to what's going on in the Ukraine, uh, the after effects of uh, COVID and Brexit as well. So it's a triple whammy for the UK, is it not? It is a triple whammy for the UK. And I think that's the concern. And that's one of the things that Andrew Bailey's uh, alluding to when he always says that the central bank in many ways kind of feels helpless. There's certain things they can do something about, but there's certain things that they can't do anything about. Yesterday, we saw the labour market figures, for example, and we see that unemployment has hit a very low level, but also wages have been rising. Wages rose by 7%, including bonuses. So you're seeing a lot more companies and a lot more industries now paying bonuses to try and attract staff in this very tight labour market. There's very little that the Bank of England can really do about that. And and at the same time, earnings, excluding bonuses, uh, was actually much lower. I think it was around 3.4%, which is well below the level of inflation now. So you've kind of got this 
almost double whammy where you've got a lot more companies and a lot more industries paying these higher bonuses, which creates this uh, kind of negative feedback loop as far as inflation is concerned. Although, of course, households need these bonuses in order to try and keep up with the rising cost of living. But those who aren't fortunate enough to be getting bonuses, they're seeing the, the cost of living rising much faster than their income. So the squeeze on those households is happening at a particularly significant level. So you've got this double whammy, all of which is really negative for the economy because the cost of living crisis is going to have a massive dampening effect on the economy itself. And then you get that compounded by higher interest rates as well, which will ultimately see the economy, I think, tip into recession later on this year. Now it's a case of how steep the recession is going to be and what the Bank of England is going to do, uh, or not what the Bank of England is going to do, so what the government can possibly do to try and alleviate some of those pressures. And we're just not seeing really the effort or the desire on their part at this point to do more to try and protect the economy at this very difficult juncture. And the Bank of England are obviously going to be somewhat wary of how high they raise interest rates when there's already a big issue for so many consumers up and down the country with increased taxation, increased energy costs, increased inflation across the board. That's just going to hit people harder. We had some hawkish comments from Jay Powell on the other side of the Atlantic yesterday, Craig, regarding interest rate rises to come. What did he indicate? Yeah, I mean, it's worth remembering that the Bank of England wasn't the only central bank that was kind of late to the party in terms of raising interest rates and recognising that there was more to the inflation data than just transitory factors. In fact, the Bank of England was among the first to be raising interest rates late last year. The Federal Reserve only started, I think, in March. And while it's ramped up the pace of rate hikes since, uh, it's still very much late to the party. And there's other central banks as well on top of that, the ECB, the RBA, etc., who are in very much the same position. And Powell is alluding to that now. He's accepted that they were uh, late to start the tightening process, that they had too much belief in the transitory nature of inflation. And now he's effectively warning that he thinks interest rates may have to rise above the neutral level to the point that they're intentionally effectively contracting the economy in order to try and get to grips with inflation. And I think the neutral level is around 3.5%. So just to get an idea of just how far interest rates have to rise in a relatively short period of time. The central banks at this point in time are looking at this inflation data and are genuinely concerned. And when you mentioned earlier that the Bank of England will be uh, aware of the impact that rising interest rates are going to have on households and the further compounding the pressures and the difficulties that they're going to be suffering, their primary focus has to be inflation because while higher interest rates are going to make life challenging, much more inflation makes it far more challenging again. And that has to be the central bank's ultimate primary concern. And that's the thing that they're going to be focusing on when they're raising interest rates, even as the economy continues to slow and in many cases probably falls into recession. Meanwhile, Craig, oil prices are higher and there are a number of factors behind that. OPEC plus production below target and there are other factors as well. Yeah, the OPEC thing is, is a key one because we've been seeing that building for months on end. And actually, Russian output fell by another 9% last month as a result of sanctions. That contributed to OPEC plus production uh, falling uh, 2.6 million barrels a day below target, which means that compliance with the cuts has actually risen from 157% to 220%. So all this time when people are calling for OPEC plus to deliver greater uh, output increases on a month-by-month basis and to be more ambitious in their targets. What they're actually doing, even while they're not creating these more ambitious targets for their output, is slipping further and further behind. So even if they did become more ambitious with their monthly targets, the fact that they can't hit these ones means that it would effectively be an empty promise uh, from the group unless it was more of a unilateral action from, say, Saudi Arabia or the UAE, who have more capacity to 
actually do something. Now, at the same time, we're seeing oil prices rise as China starts to reopen. We've seen lockdowns in uh, cities across China over the course of the last seven weeks or so. And Shanghai has now taken a big step towards reopening it with uh, after three days of no new cases in the broader community. So that's um, helping to lift oil prices. It's been a strange situation where we've seen much higher oil prices, but these lockdowns in China have actually helped to keep a lid on these uh, price hikes in the oil market because it is such a massive consumer uh, of oil. Uh, but the fact that we are now starting to see these reopening efforts um, and these kind of early steps towards that means that we are now seeing oil prices rising once more. So that's going to be another another challenge as far as the oil market is concerned. But then we will ultimately see that eventually reflected at the pump as well, unless we start to see uh, these prices falling a little more. And this also comes as the EU is try still trying to reach an, an agreement with uh, all members, including Hungary, which is currently blocking any agreement in terms of an embargo on Russian oil uh, imports, that could potentially lift oil prices as well because it just creates demand, increased demand for non-Russian uh, oil products as well. So that's another thing that could potentially be lifting oil prices in the coming weeks and months. So you're looking at levels now and it's staggering to say that we're looking at crude prices around $115 a barrel, but that could be at the lower end of the range uh, over the coming months if we continue to see these factors continuing to lift the pressure uh, on these oil prices. Craig, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you.